as I told you, I'm going to talk a little bit about heaven, preach a little bit about heaven, uh, because God has laid heaven on my heart for some reason over the past two weeks, and uh, to preach on it, and maybe you are getting ready to go to heaven or you're getting ready to die and you are on your way to hell <clears throat> because you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior so he wants me to tell you about heaven and tell you how to get there or maybe I'm close to heaven I don't know or maybe I have a family member who's close to heaven. I do not know. But I do know God has put it on my heart. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. You would agree we are standing on stormy banks storms everywhere, uh, literally and otherwise. And as Bible-believing Christians, we ought to be looking uh, towards heaven, that peaceful shore. I am bound for the promised land I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land by the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. And the question is, who will come and go with me? The old black saints would not only... Uh, and if you recall, back in the day, and yes, we do know that some of our singers have had questionable lifestyles, but back in the day, back in the 60s and back in the 70s, and I'm talking about not all the way through, but at times, as we all do. Uh, people like Walter Hawkins. I might play a little Walter Hawkins tomorrow night. People like and Andre Crouch. The old style uh, Church of God in Christ. A whole lot of great gospel music came out of the Church of God in Christ. And what a name. Uh, I've always liked that name, the Church of God in Christ. Y'all came up with something when you did that. But back in the day, in the early days, I was lost back in those days. And I still love to hear Andre Crouch. He played and sung some biblical songs about heaven. And, and Walter Hawkins probably sung about heaven more than Andre Crouch did. Uh, I remember when Andre, when uh, Walter Hawkins died, uh, 
we ran his song on our news site, and he was, uh, and they they could flat get it. If you understand what I'm saying, they can go up a little higher. They could flat just get it done, man, back in those days. And and another song I remember, standing on my grandmother's porch, listening to a song by Walter Hawkins and them. Uh, It was an old hymn, dealing with, uh, and they sung it better than anybody. Let's see if I can remember it. Oh him, help me out, dang there. Oh him. Um, something about a special day, uh, new day, uh, something like that. Uh, oh, what a day, or something like that. Oh, oh, what is it? Oh, it's oh him. We used to sing. Oh, no, oh, happy day. There you go. All right. My old mind is still ticking and clicking. Oh, happy day. I, I, I mean, I was lost and on my way to hell. It was a cloudy day that, I don't know what day it was, Saturday, Sunday evening or something. And they were my... my Aunt Hattie and them were playing that song, Oh Happy Day, by Walter Hawkins and them. I believe it's by Walter Hawkins and them. And buddy, nobody sung it. That old hymn, nobody sung it. Something bad had happened in our family right before that. It made everything look dim. But that song lifted our spirits. Uh, Oh Happy Day. I didn't understand it, didn't know what it meant. Lost and on my way to hell and didn't even know that. But I remember those old hymns for some reason. You know why? Because they meant something. I was, I, I was not, it was not the beat, it was, it was the words and the beat together. Those old hymns, those old songs that Andre Crouch and Walter Hawkins and them used to sing, they had meaning and they they talked about heaven a lot, as many black folks had done down back through the days, all the way going back to slavery. When you in hell, you talk about heaven a whole lot. <laughs> Dr. John R. Rice said, there'll be no sorrow there. Of course, the Bible says that. There'll be no sorrow there in heaven. Above where all is love, there'll be no sorrow there. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to the land where I am bound? Why? Because there's no more, there's, there's no sorrow there. There's no curling up in a fetal position, worried and fretting hurt and crying and boo-hooing because there there are no more tears there. No tears there. No crying there. No weeping there. No sorrow there. 
was a song the saints used to sing. Its memory is sweet. The saints of God seemed to stand on Jordan's stormy banks and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where their possessions lie. And too many the last stanza of the old hymn written by Samuel Stennett many years ago seemed to express a sincere heart a sincere heart longing when the hymn writer said when shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed when shall I see my father's face and in his bosom rest people sang many songs about heaven in the sweet by and by Yes, when we all get to heaven. O come angel band, the magnificent glory song sung around the world when the great evangelists and song leaders used to sing it in their meetings had their tremendous hold on people back in those days. We have so much that has a hold on people today. Some people can't even keep the word of God, much less the hymns in their hearts and minds. No doubt because of the happy hope they expressed for heaven. And I recall even when I first got saved, I was very interested in heaven, excited about going to heaven, looking forward to it. I bet that is how you were. Many people today, we are on some stormy banks, and yet there are some people today uh, who uh, uh, would rather stay here than go to heaven and be with the Lord. The human heart longs for an assurance of a blessed immortal place where those made righteous, the born again ones, the forgiven, the blessed are at home with God and with Jesus Christ. Now if you're saved and you're born again, you're going to feel at home once you get there. Some of, some of you, that's why some hymn writers and some singers have sung down through the years I feel homesick for heaven and I often wonder when I was a younger Christian how can you feel homesick for heaven you've never been there but now I know that I'm older I know what they're talking about and then Beulah Land was another song that I didn't understand why saints were singing so much song about heaven and buddy they could flat sing it man and really get into it like they've been there that's what that's what tripped me out they were saying like they've been to heaven you uh, you still here with me you haven't been to Beulah land to heaven 
But they had a homesickness for heaven. See, if once you're born again, once you believe in Jesus Christ and receive him into your heart, then you're going to feel like you're in heavenly places. And you're going to have a homesickness for heaven if you're truly born again. There's going to be something on the inside of you that's going to want to uh, go to heaven one day. The blessed are at home with God when sin, disappointment, human failure, marriage, which ought to be a little bit of heaven on earth. It's never going to be like the real thing, but it ought to be close. It ought to be a little bit like heaven, by the way. Human failure, heartache, pain, disease, and death are forever ended when we get on the other side. Now you talk about a reward. That is a great reward. It seems that in recent years there has been more confusion in people's minds about heaven and less understanding of the Bible doctrine. Concerning that glorious place. And one of the reasons for that, according to even Dr. Tony Evans, is preachers, pastors. They've lost their way. They refuse to preach. Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God. And that is so true and so sad. People don't go to church to hear about heaven anymore or to hear about hell. They want to hear about the right now, the here and now. They don't want to talk about pie in the sky. They want to talk about a pie right here on their dinner table. They're concerned about right now. That's why I guess one liberal preacher called his church the church of right now. The devil is alive. The prosperity gospel. All about what we're doing right now, what we want right now, what we need right now. Why would I need heaven if I got, I'm creating heaven right here. I'm, and I'm not worried about hell, but you should be. Concerning that glorious place, for one thing, isms and schisms and false cults have increased to confuse the mind uh, and the hearts of people and uh, many people have been blown away by the false winds of doctrine. Their minds are gone. One of the reasons why the church couldn't hold up under the plague is because they, uh, their stamina was taken away. They didn't have any strength. They didn't have any might. They didn't even know the Lord because of the false preaching over the past 50, 60 years of the uh, demonic prosperity gospel foolishness propagated on so-called tele Christian television. You said, do you watch TBN and Daystar? Nope, I don't. I'd rather watch the news than to watch that. And I don't like that too much, that much. 
I don't let people control my mind. I, I control uh, what I think about and, and, and so forth. I don't get lost in, in TV land and certainly not so-called Christian TV land. That's the worst kind. You'd be better off not paying attention to that. Then there has been a great decrease in preaching about death. Hell, heaven, these things are not preached on anymore as they used to be. And judgment to come. Why? Because liberalism and worldliness and the so-called uh, social gospel Modernism, as they call it in theological circles, and worldliness have discouraged the flabby, soft living hirelings of the pulpit that we have today from preaching about death and what follows death. But you cannot dismiss hell without dismissing heaven. You cannot ignore or evade the fate of the unrepentant sinner who has not trusted Christ as Savior and teach the saints the glories that await the redeemed of God. It doesn't work that way. The so-called social gospel lays stress upon this life, not on the next and uh, uh, there are some things that need to be dealt with as Christians in this life. But our focus ought to remain on God, Jesus, and heaven above. The Bible even talks about how that we ought to think on things above and not things below. We ought to be loving towards people and help people where we can as some people are showing down in Florida even tonight. But uh, we need to make sure we keep our hearts and minds stayed on the Lord and keep our hearts and minds in perfect peace. In many quarters it is now regarded as very old-fashioned and passe to urge people to prepare to meet their God. And what a crime that is for pastors and preachers not to tell people in front of them <clears throat> and over the airwaves to prepare to meet their God. People prepare for tests, people prepare for um, a car accident, a hospital stay, and they even prepare for their family through life insurance. They know they're going to die, and they will be more concerned about that than preparing their eternal soul to make sure your soul is going to heaven, that you're going to heaven and not to hell. 
There are many good men who have provided a million dollars worth of life insurance and made sure that the house is paid for when he dies and his work is behind off to make sure he can meet that premium so that his wife and children can benefit from his death. But has never cared for his own soul and nor has he cared for the souls of his family members and they're all lost and going to hell. They never got their eternal life insurance policy. And my dear friend, you need to make sure you have your life insurance policy squared away. <clears throat> Above all other insurance policies. Make sure you get your free insurance policy that you don't have to pay a premium. You don't have to pay a monthly fee of $9.99 or more than that. Do you know there are people who pay over $1,000 a month for what may happen and oftentimes it doesn't. Car insurance. If it's a new car, full coverage. May never have an accident. But they, they have to pay $200, $300 a month. Above the cost of the car. To insure that man's car, Bubba's car. Because it's not yours. House insurance, plus the taxes, okay, a taxes above the insurance, and if you don't pay the taxes, you will not have a house. If you don't keep insurance on the house, you won't, you will not have a house because it's not yours. It's the banks, and it needs to be protected. Health insurance, normally not used. Sometimes abused. Uh, life insurance. That's a lot of money. For, and there are many people who pay over $1,000 or plus or more. Business insurance. Flood insurance, but they don't have eternal life insurance. How about you, dear friend? Are you bound for heaven because you have your eternal life insurance policy that's already paid for in full and signed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't, get it tonight. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most wonderful, and most important words ever said to mankind. In the history of the world, 
when he said one night, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He was talking about himself. The Son in that verse is him, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Probably the next most important verse or words in the history of the world. For he was the forerunner of Christ. He introduced the world to the Son of God. What a position. Behold, that's the word he used, behold the Lamb of God. I give you the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who has come to take away the sin of the world. And all you have to do is believe in him, trust in him, and then you can go to heaven. and be with God and Jesus Christ, the angels and the saints. He is the second Adam. And if you believe in him, you will not go to hell and spend eternity. And when Jesus Christ said these most important words, he did not say anything about church membership he made it very clear. Now, we have many preachers and pastors who will talk to you about church membership and getting baptized and all of that, but Jesus never did. Get saved first, and then you can do these other good things. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins and for the sins of the world. He died, was buried, because he truly died and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. And now he sits at the right hand of God, ready and willing to receive you. ready and willing to save you. Forget about church activity. Forget about getting baptized. Forget about church membership. Forget about giving money to the church. Forget about doing work in the church and helping old ladies across the street. All of that is good and dandy, but that will not save your soul. There are many religious people sitting on church pews who have died and gone to hell because church membership can't save you. Only faith in Christ will save you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved. This message may be for you. No doubt it is. And so dear friend, 
I'm getting ready to pray the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. If you want to get saved. Believing in your heart in Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled and died on the cross. For you and for your sins. Holy Father God. I realize and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon me. Please forgive me of all of my sins. that I have committed against you as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered bled and died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my sins and to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, that he died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, and you called on his name in prayer and asked him to save you in sincerity then according to the Bible the words I just quoted to you from the Bible the Word of God you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven so may I say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and one day when you die instead of going to hell you will go to heaven to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled what to do after you enter through the door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. Well then, if you believed in him, you just went through the door. And that little book will help guide you based upon uh, the words from the Bible on what you need to do next to grow into the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. <clears throat> Pardon me. Also, uh, email us at whatever email is on your platform or you can email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com 
and uh, let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. Send in a prayer request. Get free, free material from us. Ask questions, whatever you need to do. And we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. By the grace of God. Now, dear friend, we're going to go into our devotional uh, service in earnest. And so I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, family members. For the prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service, my beloved, uh, this is Daniel White the third with the Gospel Light Society International Ministry and with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 638 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story, a single true story, and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Shall we pray first? Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you tonight for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you tonight for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, help all of us who name the name of Christ to keep it 100 and real with you. And Lord, help us all to pray what we mean and mean what we pray and not listen to somebody else pray. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have indeed bestowed upon us down through the years. 
upon me and upon my family and upon thousands and millions of other people. You have been so good to us. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved in my family and in the families gathering around tonight and in the lives of Christians across this country and around the globe, For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults. Wash and cleanse our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. And fill those of us who are saved with the fullness and the power the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. And put a God at our hearts, our minds, tongues, attitudes, and temperaments that we would not sin against you. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are saved by your grace. Strengthen us in the inner man and deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin tonight. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right, and do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And then, Lord, help us all who are saved and born again to humble ourselves tonight, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent, Lord, of our sins and the sins which so easily beset us, and the weights that weigh us down. Pardon me, Lord, and Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would save those who are lost, Revive those who are saved, including in my own family, including my own wife, Marika White. Uh, my, I have 100% faith in you, and uh, I have 100% confidence in you because you've answered so many of my prayers down through the years. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for her salvation. I pray that she will lay aside her pride, her stubbornness, and her rebelliousness. And that she will repent of her sins and believe in you. I pray the same for her mother and her aunts, for my mother and my siblings and all other family members and friends. I pray for my own children, my children who you gave me the joy and the blessing and the privilege to lead to you in salvation at the age of seven. Most of them I know are saved. Uh, Lord, I'm concerned about one or two who maybe it didn't take. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that they would examine themselves and see whether or not they be (coughs) in the faith. And I also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my 
wife, Marika White, and others in our family uh, who have demon spirits controlling them. Lord, you know who they are, and give us all sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, not only in the church service, but behind the scenes. And Lord, uh, I pray that you'll never, that you will never allow our family to be like the Adams family at home and then the Brady Bunch at church. I pray in the name of the Lord, which is nothing but hypocrisy. I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. I also pray tonight for everybody who is saved and born again. Lord, under the sound of my voice and around the world and in my family, that you will lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears, and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding and your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will deliver us, Lord, from all of our distresses and afflictions. And deliver us, Lord, from all of our tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. And Lord, help us not to add any of those things to our own lives ourselves. And deliver us tonight from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing. And Lord, thank you for remembering mercy and grace. Uh, uh, in the midst of chastisement and rebuke of us and punishment of others all for our good. And you will save those uh, so that those who are lost will come to you for salvation. Those of your children who are saved and born again will get back to you their first love. And so, Holy Father God, we thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you'll bless and protect all of my family and uh, especially all of my children and offspring and grandchildren, Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, uh, Elizabeth, Duran, Danielle, and Quazil. <coughs> Upon me, Lord, and protect us all from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil. Protect us, Lord, from the demons of hell, and protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And I pray the same prayer for all of the people under the sound of my voice and all Christians everywhere. And uh, Holy Father God, place upon us tonight the whole arm of God, and cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. Surround us with the band of your holy angels in a wall of your holy fire. And Lord, help us always, uh, in the words of a song I heard Curtis Hudson sing many years ago, help us always to remain on the winning side. 
And Lord, I do pray tonight that you will have all that we do and say to be done for your glory, your praise and honor, and for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For we pray in his name. Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Song of Solomon, chapter 2, Verses 1 through 10. I am <clears throat> the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Pardon me. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head and his right hand doeth embrace me. Is everybody all right? I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love, till he please. And the voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. You all right back there? Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, the Song of Solomon love banquet. My wife is getting excited back there on tonight. As I told you, 
all of you saints who love the Lord and you are rightfully married that is a man to a woman I'm not talking about homosexuals I'm not talking about transgendered you can't do this legally in God's sight and it doesn't matter to me whether you like that or not that's just the reality uh, I don't have any sympathy for you like some of these pastors do not at all because if I have to do right you have to do right and see this is one of the reasons why uh, I'm hard on Christian preachers and singers who divorce their wives and then go marry a young thing. <clears throat> you don't impress me by doing that. I can do that. All men can do that. But Christian men ought not to do that. And, and so since I have to stay married to my wife and uh, I can't have two and three wives and I can't have uh, any concubines then uh, you got to roll you got to roll that way too so uh, I'm not I'm not impressed with you doing that I'm not even envious of your doing that because you're asking for trouble uh, one of the things that people don't understand about God is that something that you may think is going to work out beautifully he can mess it all up real quick but I mean almost like he's not even trying like this plague he put on the church and the world the coronavirus plague it messed up everything it messed up everything he, he didn't even try he just did a little something just a little something no fire from heaven yet just a little something just messed up everything all around the world to this day so don't don't push God do not get God started on you by doing foolishness and sin and evil thinking you're going to get away with it. Nobody gets away with sin in God's economy, man. You know that. There are things that uh, I would do if I knew I could get away with it. But I have learned the hard way from God chastising me and rebuking me way before I met my wife that God is nobody to play with and all saints all preachers who are truly born again and saved and they've been under the chastening hand of God they know that they know it I don't have to tell them anything see that's right there's some men I respect and I love and I thank God for them they're not perfect but I'm not worried about them because they've been in the they've been in the woodshed with God <laughs> You don't have to worry about me. And I don't have to worry about certain preachers. They know better. They might be tempted. They might even fall sometime. But they know better. I'm not worried about it. And I can depend upon them. And I can trust them to do what they know they ought to do. I don't even worry about it. What if he falls? What if he does? I'm not even worried about it. Because they've already been to the woodshed now once God take he don't have to take you there if you're saved God does not have to take you to the woodshed many times because he's very thorough and he knows how much chastisement you need 
to get you to the point where you need to under you you need to be where you understand that he's in charge he's the boss where you understand and you have learned obedience through the things you suffer he he don't have to give you many whippings but don't get him started as the old saints used to say cuz that's that's where you are in trouble because his women are a long time and they take a long time and God is not in time and so just because you're in a hurry does not mean God is and God will keep you under that rod of correction five years don't bother him at all and if you keep pushing and doing evil and, and acting like you don't know what's going on he'll take a family member you hear me He'll take your child. I know you don't like it. I know you, your little sweet evangelical foolishness. You don't. You don't believe that. But it has happened to you. It has happened to other people in your church. And you talk. And you sit around and drink your coffee and eat your donuts. You sweet evangelical. Somebody. Why? 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 You know why? You need to stop lying and telling your brothers and your sisters around the donut table that you're going through a trial. Please pray for me. No, no. You're going through an ass whipping. Is what you're going through. You're going through a whipping. You're getting chastised. And you know it. Because God's going to show it to you. He, in fact, God will, will let you know when it begins. He'll remind you when it started. You might be riding calmly, coming from your sin place. And just riding calmly in the black and dark night and you, you're not drunk you're not tipsy but you somehow with your new car that he gave you it slides up against the curb and says bam a lamb almost turns you over messes up your great rims for some of you that's when the chastisement started that's when it started and then God just started taking away stuff and causing things to happen and uh, all kinds of things beyond your imagination and so my beloved ladies and gentlemen that's right I said bamalam there you go right there you know you know if you say you know when it started and you know why it started and you need to stop lying to me pray for me I'm going through a trial no not this one <clears throat> no trial here chastisement but whipping like the whole church has just gone through and still going through okay tell the truth and shame the devil now because you see you you keep on doing that lying like that you tell me you're going through a trial you know I'm so holy I'm Job and all these bad things are happening to me but you've been shacking up for the past three years <clears throat> You've been a hoe for the past three years, sneaking around. Can't even show your face to your pastor. Can't even show your face to your parents because you know you're guilty. You don't want anybody to ask you any questions about nothing anymore because you've been, uh, sir, messing around with uh, Mrs. Jones with Sylvia and ma'am you've been messing around with Bo Peep 
nobody you think knows about it but there are people in the church who saw you they've seen you yeah i mean you you like the mega church right well the people people are in the mega church all over the place they work at the restaurant that y'all y'all meet at they just don't say anything to you like i told you last night there are three wise women in every church the mothers of the church you don't have to tell them anything because they already know they're not even looking at you and they know that you ain't right. And they'll, and they'll say things like the old saints used to say, see, she got a whole demon in her. Look at him. He's a whoremonger. He has a demon, a whoremongering demon. Look at him. He can't keep his eyes to himself. And they, 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 they say these things to themselves. They don't say anything. They wait a long time before they say anything to you. But when they put their hand on your shoulder and say, come here, baby. You girl, let me talk to you. Hmm. They 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 won't say anything to the pastor until it's is really bad, really bad. He done messed up. And then they you know they'll come because they love the pastor, they respect the pastor. And then then they'll come and say, "Now, pastor, I knew something bad was going to happen, but I I was hoping that you was going to be able to deal with it, but." Okay, I understand you're going to resign now. We love you. We're going to miss you, but you, you, you've got to go. God does not play people and understand God is not some old, weak being uh, not in control. He's very much in control of what's going on here. And, and he's with you right now. Yeah. He's watching you right now. If he knows the number of hairs on your head, he's got you right now. He's not trying to surveil you. He is surveillance. He doesn't need anybody to help him watch you. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever walked around the house and walked someplace and went someplace or whatever and you felt somebody was following you? That's God. He's on it. He's not. And he, see, you must understand. With God, he does not even try. He he knows when he knows what you're getting ready to do. You talk about surveillance. What man is trying to do to man, God does and has been doing since the beginning of time. You cannot fool God, so don't play with God. Don't lie to God. Tell the truth and shame the devil, and God will show you favor with your naughty self. Okay, don't, don't don't play with God, man. Tell the truth. Stop thinking that God does not know what you're doing and what you're up to. And the, and God has people who know what you're up to. In your church, in your family. Some of you uh, oh, young adults think you're fooling your mama and your daddy. They already know what you're up to. They already know what you're doing because they know what you're about. And God will tell them, especially if they're praying. I told all of my children, the worst thing I can do for you is pray for you. When you leave my house, I'm turning you over to God like I promised God. I've done my part. I've done my job. You want to get your life messed up? You go out and go against the Bible, the Word of God. Go out, and go out there and go against what I said to you. And I'm praying for you because, and all my children know this, they hear it every day from me. Today they got the yesterday they got the verse continue instant in prayer. Today they got 
uh, the verse praying, praying always. I pray always. The other day they got prayed without ceasing. Via text. And they know that that's what I'm going to do. I said the worst thing I can do for you is pray for you. That's going to mess up your, uh, uh, mess your groove up. God's going to be all up in your life. And you can't enjoy anything. Evil. So you might as well just go on back to the Lord and serve the Lord. And be happy in Jesus. Because Papa going to be praying. I might get a t-shirt with that. Papa going to be praying. You can believe that. See, you know why? Uh, and with me as a preacher of the gospel, I've adopted what the old saints uh, said in the early church. Preachers ought to give themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I don't care whatever else is going on. God knows, my wife knows, and she's my greatest enemy. And my thorn in the flesh. And by the way, I'll be preaching on the thorn in the flesh again tomorrow night. The, the fourth part or fifth part. If the Lord tarries his coming and I live. She knows I'm going to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. My children know that I'm going to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's it. And I don't care whatever else I have to do. That's going to be the main thing. I feel guilty when I don't do those things. And so, my dear friends, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead. family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's magnificent life's work, The Treasury of David. This is episode number 178. And I have to pause and thank God for all of my children who helped make it possible for me to stand here and to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the Word and who helped me to this day. And, uh, and I'm in what they call the emptiness. Never thought I would reach the emptiness days. Uh, my oldest daughter, Danny, is helping out with some things that she can do better and faster than I can. And my oldest daughter, Danita, as well, uh, with uh, all of the children are grown, but they're still helping me in the ministry. And that's a blessing from God. So I have to pause and just say thank you to my children. Uh, all of them have helped me in the ministry down through the years. Danny, Daniel the fourth, Danita, Evangeline, Danae, Mary Louise, Daniqua Grace, uh, Daniel Ezekiel, uh, and 
Danielle Elizabeth, and uh, I give God the glory, and especially tonight, Daniqua, Grace, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle Elizabeth. They, they, they just have outdone themselves. I mean, period. And I give God the glory, praise, and honor for that. Psalm 1813. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice. Hail, H-A-I-L, stones and coals of fire. Dr. Spurgeon goes on, goes on, over all this splendor of tempest pealed the dread thunder. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, fit accompaniment for the flames of vengeance. How will men bear to hear it at the last when addressed to them in proclamation of their doom? For even now their hearts are in their mouths, if they do but hear it muttering from afar in all this terror, David found a theme for song, and thus every believer finds, even in the terrors of God, a subject for holy praise. Hailstones and coals of fire are twice mentioned to show how certainly they are in the divine hand and are the weapons of heaven's vengeance. Horn, Dr. Horn, remarks that every thunderstorm should remind us of that exhibition of power and vengeance, which is hereafter to accompany the general resurrection. May it not also assure us of the real power of him who is our father and our friend and tend to assure us of our safety while he fights our battles for us. And by the way, let me just disabuse you of a thought that your great-grandmother taught you or your grandmother taught you way back when you were little children, because I heard the same thing. When it's thundering and lightning out there, they would tell us that's the devil beating his wife. Now, first of all, the devil does not have a wife, so don't believe that lie. And uh, God is the one who has the power in his hands of the lightning and the thunder. The devil does not, so don't believe that lie from, your, from the old saints. Anyway, the prince of the power of the air is soon dislodged when the cherubic chariot is driven through his dominions. Therefore, let not the legions of hell cause us dismay. He who is with us is greater than all they that be against us. Glory be to God, and always remember that, even in the black and dark night and uh, of thunder and lightning. Trust thou.
if you will, in God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for your holy word and I pray that you will have it to find a lodging place in our hearts. Help us to meditate on it, to love it, to cherish it, and to obey it, and to live by it, and to, and to apply it to our lives, to uh, teach it to others in a uh, discipleship way, and to preach a holy gospel uh, from it so that others may know the way, the truth, and the life and come to know you as Savior. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> now ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go to the family verses. And we're at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. If the Lord tarries his coming, we'll be here two more nights. Uh, and God is dealing with fathers. Now, if God didn't have to deal with fathers and husbands and wives and children, he would not have put it in the Bible. These are not suggestions. Uh, these are not pieces of advice. These are commandments in the family and for the family so that the family will be like heaven where you have order and you have peace and I hope to God that you husbands and wives out there have that kind of marriage it is rare most of you don't but it can be a little bit of heaven now for me my marriage has been heaven on my side of the fence <clears throat> but as David said when I speak they are, meaning my wife, and a couple of my children, are for war. But David also said, I thank God that my, uh, uh, that my God has taught my hands to fight. Uh, so, uh, because when I speak, my wife has been the kind of woman who is for war. And, uh, and I am not the kind of man that's going to let her have her way. And that's one of the main reasons why we're still uh, here today together. And, and still, as I have encouraged all of you married couples, legally married couples, and I'm not even talking about people who are married and divorced with no grounds. I have nothing to do with that. That's between you and God. I'm talking about people who are married to their original mate, Unless your mate died, you stay single like Charles Stanley. If you don't have uh, grounds to do so. <clears throat> Which I would believe is gross adultery. And fornication, as Jesus Christ talked about. And provable. Make sure you can prove it now. This is why I have told pastors, don't be listening to these people. Oh, say, preacher, what are you talking about? I've told pastors, stop counseling married couples. Get out of that. You don't know what happened. You don't know what's going on. God knows. <clears throat> and all of the churches around you, y'all need to pitch in and pay a counselor that all of your people go to 
professional people, not just somebody fresh out of college now, and and has never been married, or just got married, and, and they got one, two, two, two and a half children, or so. Uh, uh-uh, no. Somebody who's in an empty nest. They have the degrees. They have the credentials. We're not talking about somebody trying to be married. Somebody who has been married. They still married after 40 years. And the children are grown. And the children look at where the children where the children are. What they're doing too, <clears throat> before you hire them. You may not be able to find but one couple like that in the state. So be it. They can be on a waiting list. But pastor, you don't need to be sitting there trying to play Solomon with these devils. <clears throat> Lying to you. And because what you're going to do and what you have done and you've helped mess up the families is you're going to overcompensate because you are a man and you're going to automatically uh, try to win mommy over and you're going to put down the man. That's why you don't have any men in your church today. Because you're not over that household. I don't care what you think. You're not over their household. That man is over that household. You better respect him. Or you're going to lose the whole family. See. You think you got a hold on that wife. And that mother all you want to. You let pretty boy Floyd come into town with some magic. She's gone. She's going to be a member over there. <coughs> But that man is going to hold fast. We're not going to, uh, we're not going over there with pretty boy Floyd with his magic tricks. <laughs> I'm reminded of the man down in, uh, you know, some charismatic preacher down in Florida who said he took authority over the storm. He took, he took a st- authority over Ian. The horrible. Well, as somebody else said, uh, that didn't go well. All of you, uh, listen to me, all of you sweet charismatics out there who have been preaching this stuff for years, like you got some kind of special powers, you done lied to people for years, you prophets, you false prophets, that you have emphasized how you have authority. People who have authority don't have to say they have authority. And y'all better leave these devils and demons alone to me. You got authority over them. Evidently, they got authority over you. Reminds me of the passage that is in the book of Acts that talks about when the demons confronted some people or, uh, who were trying to take authority and, and, and be somebody. And the demon said back to them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? You better sit down somewhere. Take several seats because you didn't have the authority over Ian. Ian took authority over you. Stop lying to people. And, and some, of you, some, of you sweetie, some of you sweet charismatics, oh, I heard you all throughout the coronavirus plague. I take authority over you, coronavirus, be gone, and all that. It didn't go anywhere. It's still here. And was killing you and, and your church members. Because you didn't have, you didn't have uh, the common sense to stay away from that and keep the people out of the church. 
you brought them in anyway and they died. There are pastors who are going through guilt because they invited uh, the saints into the house of God when they should have stayed home. I mentioned to you about a church uh, last night, I think it was in Oklahoma somewhere, a young preacher. I didn't know he did this, but he did. As soon as the plague hit, he said, I don't want anybody coming to the church. I'll go out there. My family will go out there and a few staff members. We're going to have church, but you're going to have to watch online. He did that for almost a thousand days. And the church grew by leaps and bounds. And they even gained more money. And when he finally opened, not following the other, other pastors who had like they didn't have any sense. When they finally opened, uh, we heard of something that I haven't heard of since the times of Spurgeon. The people went out to the church building, and they have a huge, beautiful building, and sat out on the lawn and in front of the church and on the sides of the church at 4 o'clock in the morning so that they can get a seat in the house of God. I said, that's all right. I did warn him that these homecoming meetings, they, they need to be uh, few and far between because the coronavirus plague is still out there as well as monkeypox and other things. Do it once a month. Do it every two months. Since the church has done so well, you're going to have that same reaction every time. People waiting outside at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning to get a seat in the house of God. He's a why he was a why, he, he he really showed some wisdom in doing that. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about here what God has to say to fathers. And you need to take heed to what God has to say to fathers, because you don't need to hear it from your wife. You don't need to hear it from your pastor. You don't need to hear it from some evangelical writer. Sir, the only somebody over you is God. You need to hear what God wants you to be from him and what he made you to be. And you need to walk. Now, you talk about authority. You need to walk in your authority. Isn't that amazing how we had whole churches talking about they walking in authority and all the women came out of the churches talking about I have authority. I guess they thought they had, they had authority over the devil and you, you husbands. Everybody talking about authority. Oh, this is back in the in the in the uh, era of the prosperity gospel. That's all dead and gone now. We still got some stragglers, but it's it's gone. It's dead. God killed it. Okay. But we need men to walk in authority. Not you. Not you getting mad at me because I'm telling you to be uh, the man in authority over your wife and your children because you want to be so tender-hearted and so sweet and she's going to wear you out. Now you go to go to Mail Online and look at the picture of Harry and Megan. The new picture they just took yesterday. And then look at the king who abdicated the throne for another divorcee, another divorced woman. See Harry, he didn't know what he was doing by marrying a divorced woman. He, 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 he doesn't realize what happened to him. 
and he made it worse by joining her against the royal family, which was, which was a dumb, dumb thing to do. Let me tell you men something. You cannot throw away what you are about and expect to lead a woman or even keep a woman. You mark my words, if that young man does not get his uh, groove back from Jezebel, his wife, I see a divorce in the future. Because, see, as a man, you cannot uh, give your power to a woman. You cannot allow your woman, a woman in your life who's supposed to be a help me, listen to me well, to take your vision away, uh, to take your goals away, to take everything you train to be and do, and everything that made you great and attractive to her. You were a prince. You're not a prince now, but you were a prince. That all that that and she wanted to be a princess. Now you have nothing. Because Grandmama, before she left here, she just put the hammer down on you. And now the king is following through finally, and he let you go ahead on and do a little something in the funeral, but that's it. And once you lose your power, uh, there's no telling what's going to happen with you and that woman. But she's already messed your life up because you have submitted to her and followed her instead of the other way around, other way around. And you look at, and, and that king who abdicated the throne for a divorce, a, a, a woman who had a man's name, I forget her name, and looked like a man to me. I don't know. What, I mean, she put a put she put a, a whammy on him, and evidently, uh, little Miss uh, Princess put a, a whammy on Harry. I mean that 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 I mean for for her to get him into that position, that's some real black girl magic right there. Look at the picture on Mail Online that they finally they finally took after they got that picture from Charles and 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 his brother William, which is a powerful picture, by the way. They look great. That's the greatest I ever. That's the greatest I ever seen Charles look. He looked like a king now, even though he shouldn't be the king. But anyway, my you you see, look at that picture with Harry and Meghan. In her red suit, she looked like a boss, and he looked like a knight. She looks like a boss, anyway. Gentlemen, be the man, and as I told you before, and I mean this, I'd rather see you be wrong as long as you make up your own decision, make up your own mind, than to be bossed by your wife and be right. And I know there's some sisters saying, I can't believe he said it. I believe it. <laughs> believe it. Because I, I, I have practiced that down through the years. And I've always been right. <clears throat> By the grace of God. Uh, but I was not going to let my wife 
tell me anything about anything. I was not going to hearken to the voice of my wife. And I have intentionally, throughout the marriage, when I saw her trying to set the agenda and try to insert, assert herself in what she wants, I have intentionally shut it down. See, preacher, that's not sweet evangelical loving and family. I don't care what you're talking about because you all all are in a mess. The evangelical, the evangelical preachers who have turned against that foolishness, big time preachers. Dr. Tim Clinton is one of them. Why? Because he, he has seen this mess up front and personal. He, and then he started writing the book. Now, you men need to take your authority back. He was very disturbed. Now, for him to do that, you got to understand it's, the situation is bad. Because he is Mr. Evangelical. Men don't even don't know what to do. Got to always check with your wife. You've been trained to do that. Don't be that way anymore. And and by the way, she she does not want you to be that way. Now in her flesh, she does. She wants you to be weak and controllable, and a henpecked, controlled and dominated man. But in her spirit, she doesn't want that. She didn't. She was not attracted to that. She was attracted to the man who the father told you, don't put my daughter on your motorcycle, boy. You're not married to her yet. That's my daughter. And, uh, uh, and then uh, the daughter said, okay, I'll, I'll drive. She got her little Chevette and, 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 he, and drove it down the corner and parked it in the Walmart parking lot where his motorcycle was and he and he, in fact he took over the car and drove to where his motorcycle was and put it on the motorcycle anyhow that's the crazy man she loves and crazy about see but now you're a little pet women love crazy men stay crazy anyway and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You don't have to be uh, hateful in raising your children, fathers, uh, with the God kind of love and with fatherly love. You can be, uh, you can show tough love. But you don't have to be angry. You don't have to get angry. And you don't have to try to provoke your children and pick on your children until they become angry and wrathful. Like evidently you are. But God tells us what to do in this verse. Fathers, number one, bring them up in the nurture an admonition of the Lord. That word nurture means loving care. That you, do you lovingly care for your children and you want the best for them? Because if you do, you're not going to let anybody harm them or hurt them, including your evil, mean wife who's supposed to be a mother. That's right. I said it and I mean it. Some of you husbands, 
You 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 fear your wife so much you let the wife, the mother, hurt the children. Don't do that. I don't care if it's a grandmother, a wife, a mother, or whoever, who's supposed to really help you nurture them. But she's always picking on them and and and, and trying to make things rough for, for them. That's demonic. And you have to step in. And even if, even if you have to do what I did. When I saw my wife was not going to love on uh, our children and care for them as she should. Naturally. With a natural affection. I came off the road. I continued to preach. I started a church. I, I was going to continue in the ministry. But I had been on the road about 10 years at that point anyway. And God was calling me off the road. One of the reasons why is because I was preaching in churches who did not want to confess their sins and repent. They had already made up their minds. And so I got tired of that. And so right in the nick of time, God said, I'll tell you what, son, you just go ahead and start your own church, and you preach like I want you to preach, and, uh, and you be the pastor. And I stayed home to watch my children and, and to make her do right by my job. I didn't, t I didn't do her job. I made her do her job. I don't believe in that. And uh, so God wants us to nurture the children and uh, to admonish them, uh, rebuke them, correct them, practice tough love, chastise them when they do evil so that they will learn obedience the things they suffer so we'll touch on this again tomorrow night if the Lord should tarry his coming and we live we know what we ought to do because God told us let's pray for others Holy Father God we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for allowing me to preach the gospel earlier and we pray for lost souls to come to know your Savior. We pray that you would have mercy and grace upon such wretched people as we are uh, who name the name of Christ, but yet we do not obey your great commandment and we do not obey your great uh, commission. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins and help us to repent and to do just that. And Holy Father God, we pray now, yes, Lord, for the millions who need to be comforted around the world regarding the coronavirus plague and other plagues and death and destruction uh, in Florida and other parts of the world and war as well. And Lord, but we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Missouri resident Dana Nichols. We pray for the family and friends of New Mexico resident, pardon me. We pray for Jack Hertz and for the family and friends of North Carolina resident Garrett Presnell. And Lord, we pray for the prayer requests that have come in as well 
Uh, we pray not only for these new prayer requests, but we pray for the thousands who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. Continue to hear and answer their prayers. And Holy Father God, bless them with salvation and spiritual family and life, financial and material protection and provision, mental and physical blessings. And Lord, we thank you for the thousands of answers to prayers down through the years. We give you all of the glory, praise, and honor, and we thank you for your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And now, Lord, we pray for by name Zitstar, Zittar. Please deliver him and his sisters and his daughter from overeating. And help them to have healthy relationships with food that is favored by you and not and help us all not to commit the sin of gluttony. We pray for Pastor Bashibi. We thank you. We join him in thanking you for the great services that they're having in their churches, the Congoli Church, and for the souls saved and people healed and delivered. Please bless and provide for the widows. Please bless the youth seminar, revival, and open-air market. Please, uh, witnessing. Please provide them with the ten iron sheets supply for the Nas Yonder church roof. Save the witch doctors who are trying to hinder the ministry there, as they did in the early church. We pray, Lord, for Vicky. Please heal Vicky's friend completely. Bless her follow-up after surgery to go well and protect her from the coronavirus plague as well as everyone else. And now, Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the ministry, <coughs> through the preaching of the gospel from this pulpit. We pray for Bissery, Richard, John, Salia, and Chaka. We pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you as well. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for William, Josphat, Fumi, Michelle, Latonja. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> Dear friends, if you didn't hear the message on heaven that I preached uh, in really in this service, but will probably be made into a podcast by itself. Jesus Christ said the most important words ever said in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. <clears throat> Understand that sin is the problem. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so therefore we're on our way to a devil's hell after death. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. No matter how much you enjoy life, no matter how much you enjoy the merry-go-round of life and uh, the big fair in Disney and 
the fun things of life. Please take some time to understand that you're riding straight to hell. And the only way to get off that train is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to get off the hell train is to get on the old ship of Zion, the gospel train, and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. I'm sure that you will admit to the truth of the Word of God that you are a sinner and that because we all are and that the wages or the payment for sin is death we're all going to die as we said earlier in that sermon on heaven we don't hear preaching like this today we're going to die and the Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment we're going to have to give an account to God who made us as to what we did in this life. If a person does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their, as their Savior in this life, they will go to that awful place called hell that Jesus Christ preached about more than he did about heaven. That place that Jesus Christ preached about more than the prophets and the apostles and that's why it is so important that you understand these words from Jesus Christ for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life simply believe in him Receive him into your heart. Call on his name and ask him to save you. And he will save you. Follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. And mean it from your heart. Believing in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He paid your sin debt. Was buried and rose from the dead. By the power of Almighty God. Holy Father God. I admit that I am a sinner and that I'm on my way to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Help me to repent of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Lord Jesus Christ, fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
Help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer with me tonight and you meant it, according to the Bible, the Word of God, and that's all we have, it cannot be dependent upon your feelings or your emotions or mine or anybody else's. I've led many people to the Lord this way. Some have cried. Some smiled once they finished praying the prayer. Uh, young and old. Some didn't have an expression at all. But they were glad that they were saved. So don't go by how you feel or your emotions or what you think. More than likely a, a little... Uh, feeling of a thrill going down your leg uh, is not going to happen. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight or feelings. So don't worry about that. Believe the Word of God. Believe what Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. The truth is, you've never heard anything like that other than from the Bible, the Word of God. So believe it, and that's how you know you're saved. And so, dear friends, uh, congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to GospelLightSociety.com and tap on my book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Uh, it is a free download. Start reading it, and it will tell you the next steps that you need to take in your newfound Christian life. Also, email us at dw3 at GospelLightSociety.com or the email that's on your platform. And let us know that you got saved uh, so that we can send you even more materials and also uh, so that you can send in your prayer requests and, and we can begin praying for you until you tell us to stop. And let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. Uh, so dear friends, God bless you tonight. The Lord tarries his coming and we live. We'll be right here tomorrow night for two different services. And so uh, prepare to be with us. If you are a Christian and a member of another church, make sure you go to your church. And if we're still going uh, afterwards, you can join us here. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. And as I have told my children today, pray always.